Hello, everybody. Welcome to the UK Packers podcast. As usual, everyone. Congratulations, everybody. Congratulations. We did it. Got him. These nuts. So we got him, Daryl. We're the number one. Speaking of nuts. Oh, we got both of them. We got the bye and we got number one seed. Three consecutive years of a first round bye. You know what? LeFleur hasn't a clue. Hasn't a clue what it's like to play the extra game. No, but you know and what? We wrapped it all up with one game to go. One game to go. He's very, that in a minute. he's very queenly, very queenly. He's like a queen. Let me tell you. Uh, do you know where Billy Connolly said the queen thinks the world smells of wet paint? Like Lafleur has no idea what it's like no to idea. lose. You know, he's like yeah. a Buddha, if you will, where he's you know he sees so yeah. much success. Um, yeah. But yeah, look, and as well as that, also knocking out the Vikings playoff hopes, which oh. was. Sensual. Do you know what I loved yeah. as well? Do you know what I loved, right? Is the bit of humble pie. Because remember Mike Zimmer was like sort of fobbing mm. off the floor. Uh, yeah. you know, I, I, what's that last season or the season before? Also, no oh, one cares. It was two seasons ago, I think, but it oh. doesn't matter. Yeah. So he's coming up and then the floor comes up. And that's why I put out on my personal Twitter, which is at NFL, by the way. I mean, really? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know if I've ever said that before. No, I don't think you've ever, it's the first time I've heard of it. No. Uh, so yeah I put um, I put it out on the personal thing of that this is my mood because do you know what right I, I, someone quote tweeted your man what's your man's face uh, Colin Cowherd uh, on which is a great name by the way very Irish well it's it's very it's very um, easy to understand what he used to do mm, yeah I wonder what his ancestors did you know yeah. um, but something to do with cows something to do with cows I'd imagine probably herding them potentially yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah he came out and he was when Matt LaFleur was like he was just like oh of course like hire the good looking guy that's just all about the youth and it, there were ta- at that time all of these other reports were coming out at the time saying that he was very unassuming but when you see him in the press conference he almost cries when he accepts the job and he did seem very unassuming so mm. anyone going yeah. like yeah in your face like if you look at it how he was you're thinking yeah he was very gentle and you know, he wasn't very, like, even his speeches, because I remember one of them, it was when he first joined, I think, it was during the season, I think the Packers themselves even put it out, of him doing, like, like you know, good job, lads, in the locker room, and it did not inspire me at all. It's like, and yeah. also, and I was, but it goes to show how much he has grown in that regard. And that, look, we all know I'm the expert here, body language. Body um, language, yeah, yeah. Well, but, you're the resident, you're the resident I expert. Am. I am. Uh, paid consultant wages. Uh, so when you look at, like, you know, what he was to what he came from. And that's why when I put it on my personal Twitter, Daryl, that angry face he had when he was going towards yeah. Zimmer, I don't think Zimmer had a choice but to shake his hand, to no. be honest, because it, with the face on him... Either that he was going to chew his face off. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's amazing. It's actually funny. I mean, I'm, I'm obviously getting old when I'm saying things like, it's nice to see a coach grow up in the role. I mean, come on. Like, uh. the guy is so young and so... Just, as you say, unassuming. And at first, he didn't know how to play the... Um, you know, the, we, we, just, we just talked about it at the time where he wasn't really sure how to deal with pressers. No. And now he's an expert at it. He says yeah. lots of things and absolutely nothing, which is great because that's what you want. And by the way, are they new glasses? Uh, yeah, they're... Uh, well, yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah, they're like, like them. them. Nice. Like them, yeah. Yeah. Do you know, anyway, do you know, so here we are. Do you know what they look like? They're blue what? lenses. And do you know who that reminds me of? Johnny Depp. What? And do you know what that reminds me of? So much. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. anyway, anyway, th- 13 and 3 for the third. Is that the third? I think, actually, do you know what? I think it's the first team. It is the first team. And guess who wrote about this this morning? Our good old friend, Matt. Ah! Sniper! 
Uh, he uh, he pulled together a few little a few little <laughs> stats for us, um, which is nice because I don't have to go anywhere else looking for them. But the first team in NFL history um, with three consecutive thirteen um, win seasons, mm. amazeballs. Yeah. Speaking um, of, oh, thanks for raising that. Thanks for raising that because during the game, I've I've waited for this opportunity. I, haven't I did see that. Come it was amazing. on the fly. It was but, it was the most terrifying moment of an Irishman's mm. life to see that tweet. It was thirty to three in the third yeah <laughs> and impossible. someone goes 33 in the third and i was like yeah phonetically uh, accurate yeah, there absolutely yeah. perfect not That's annoyed exactly it is That's what i'm saying anyway so like another thing i want to mention as well do you remember i think it was last week or the week before we were talking about putting up avatars to see how amazing these players are in real life yeah we got it sean Mannion. <laughs> yeah. well done mate <laughs> thanks <funny>. very much <laughs> you, you, you showed oh. us how good a rod actually is poor l sean way out of his depth i mean with a name like sean Mannion, you'd imagine he's mm. irish uh but oh, we're not taking him He's no, no, you can, no, you can keep him. You can't yeah. have us. Sorry, Sean. You yeah. can have him. Yeah, he can pronounce his second name wrong, like all the other Americans do. It. We can take we, were, him. we spoke about last week, yeah, Sean Manion. We were talking last week about how we needed to close down um, the quarterback that cannot be named because he didn't play. Uh, and also Dalvin Cook, right? Mm. People can talk about, and I did see a few naysayers going, oh, yeah, well, of course you're going to beat the Vikings when you know they're down their quarterback. And I'm going, yeah, but the, the big problem we had was Cook, and we closed him down extremely well. Yeah. He only ran for 13, another another word, another uh, uh, another number uh, we like. He ran for 14 yards, 13. which if you look at, I mean, that's the worst performance he's, well, we kept him to his worst performance since 2018. That's a big deal. Mm. Um, AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones ex- surpassed 1,000 yards between them in a season. The only other two teams to do that at the minute. Again, courtesy of Matt Schneidman. Who? Is the, uh, the cow- oh, sorry, Matt Schneidman. Cowboys and the Broncos. Yeah. Dennis That's- Kelly looked absolutely amazing, and I wasn't a fan of him. We we disowned him as well, um, not being an Irishman, but he's back to being yeah, Irishman. Yeah, we're taking him back, yeah. Yeah, we're taking, taking him back, back yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but th- as you say, I mean, the Packers rusher, we saw, the Packers oh. were famous for this under Lombardi, you know, Thunder and yeah. Lightning, um, and it was, as you say, it's the first time since 1980 that two oh. running backs have done oh. Oh yes, relation falls nicely on skin. But the thing is, that's part of our whole success at home. Like we're the only yeah. unbeaten team at home, which Daryl is very snazzy because oh, in the playoffs, they if they go through Lambo, true Lambo, uh, well yeah. then that means you know that we're gonna go to the Super Bowl, right? That's what. Oh, I've just got it. We got to know. Like I, we, I, this is what's getting me. I'm getting. I'm giddy here today because I I rewatched the highlights this morning, and I was kind of going. Where's the? Uh, is this just the Packers highlights? Because like, where are the Vikings? And that goes to show you how unbelievably dominant we were in that yeah. game. It was such a joy to watch, uh, and I think we need to move on to it now because it's something we touched on. Actually, you asked the question directly last week, and we addressed it. But I think we need to address it again when it comes to the vote for MVP. Oh, here we go. There is one. There is one voter out there that has said that he's not voting for A. Rod because he's such an idiot off the field and all the things he's done. But can we just make the point? And we made the point already. And I think this is our official position on this. Yeah. Um, that here in UK and Irish Packers, we think MVP should be viewed on your play because it is called most valuable player, not most valuable person. Mm. So saying that, oh, he doesn't deserve to win this because he's, in, he's a gimp off the field, that's all well and good, but let's keep the focus on what we're looking at here. Gimp. It's about how, yeah, it's about yeah. how he plays on the field. Yeah. Not, not how he plays the gimp away from home. Off. Off the no, field. but look, yeah. well, here's what I say about it all, right? Is that, you know, I always get asked that. So I've been on many podcasts lately. Oh, mm. such a big deal. Mm. Delicious. And um, yeah, that, that's the number one question that they ask is like, look, oh, I can't believe Aaron Rodgers is such an arse. But I was like, look, I don't have that opinion. So again, double vaxxed, right? 
Uh, and I don't again. I'm, I'm said, triple vaxxed. By triple the way. vaxxed. Oh yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Look, I don't. I understand the vaccine hesitancy, and that gets me a bit of slack because people are like, "Oh, I can't believe you're peddling." I'm not peddling him. But my problem with him was always the the right wing dog whistling mantra, the Black Lives Matter phraseology for the fact that he didn't want to wear a mask. Um, you know the the abortion laws uh, rally cry and using that about him. You know, and mm. it just, it seemed so tone deaf at the time and still does. And then he went yeah. on to Pat McAfee actually, uh, what was that, two, three weeks ago and sort of starts spouting the same sort of uh, nonsense. But anyway, all of that aside, uh, and like what I've said on oh, many of these other podcasts, oh, so such an absolute man you, you could totally get my opinion on those, but just li- I'll repeat it one more time. Um, is that, look, you know, you, we don't know anything else about anybody else in no. in the race. You don't go out. It's not, as you said, it's not the most valuable person. You don't start digging into someone's like dustbin. No. And well, actually, he do. kicked that dog once, uh, you know, so maybe we don't oh, give him anything. Let's focus on the football. Let's focus on the sport. That's what yeah. we're all here for. But what I will say is the eye of Mordor has firmly moved to Djokovic. Um, so there's the other question. He's in, he's in hot water at the minute uh, about going to the Australian Open. Same question abounds for this guy. He says all sorts of dog whistly stuff away from the tennis court, but there's no denying the fact that he's one of the greatest players, if not the greatest tennis player hmm. to ever play. I don't think so. I still prefer Federer, but if we're going to count yeah. Grand Slams, he's nearly there. But so look, it's the same sort of thing. It's the same question. Does it make him a bad tennis player because he's a bit of an Egypt? No. And I was Does it make him less likable? Yes. But look, I was only thinking about this, right, is that I'm actually delighted that Aaron Rodgers is at the stage where he's brave enough to say how he feels about stuff. Now, you could Mm. say, oh, he got found out because he got COVID and then that had certain implications on rules. And then he said himself, oh, I knew this would eventually come up. So this thing about like, oh, I didn't mislead anybody. um, I don't want to get back into that. But what I'm saying is, is that, you know, there is another side of it that you could say he was kind of, it's, you know, to find your boyfriend in a room with his trow down and you go, are you cheating on me? You know, and he goes, actually, I goes, oh, better come clean. I always knew. You know, I better, always knew this was going to come yeah, up. Better come clean. So you cannot oh. turn around then and say, oh, well, it's time for me. I'll step up to the plate and a man up. Uh, but yeah. look, he's been on Pat McAfee. I've said this on the podcast well before any of this fracas was that he was more open. He seemed to be having more fun. And I like that he's giving us that insight into himself and the fact that he's opening himself up for debate because he even says like, you know, and we've taken the piss about the old like dangerous uh, advice on ivermectin thing. Um, So we've spoken about that and he talks about, oh, you know, people take the piss out of me over that. He's quite open and honest about all of that stuff. So if he's putting himself out there, he has to allow people to have an opinion on it. And he does. And here's a guy who has allegedly the thinnest skin in the NFL, you know, certainly was what they used to say about him. But I'd say, Daryl, since he's opened himself up a lot more, um, has started speaking his mind, the whole off-season stuff um, and coming back out and being candid in that press conference. He's kind of just doing what he wants to do. And yeah. if people don't respect that, and that leads us actually, if you don't have anything else to, to say about the MVP, because we're both agreed that, look, we might not agree with what he says off the field. We're allowed to have an opinion on that because he voices it, but certainly on the field. And I will say oh. this again, he's the best player oh, to ever without, do it. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. I mean, he's 29 for 38 for 288 yards and two touchdowns in that last game. Steaming. He looks, and I, I think this is what I wanted, and this is, you've, you've touched on it already, and I'll cap it off by saying, I have a feeling that because he's got thicker skin and he's shrugging all this stuff off in his personal life, off the pitch, it's actually allowing him to play better on the field because he's playing so well. It's unbelievable how easy he is. And again, I just looked at the highlights before we came on just to refresh myself. And one thing that stuck out was just 
it's pinpoint accuracy, but everyone in front of him is having a great game because of it. If you look at the likes of Aaron Jones, played out of his skin the other day. He was absolutely phenomenal. Everyone was ticking along nicely. Um, so I just it's a joy to watch. That game was fantastic from start to finish, and yeah. there was absolutely no stress at all. Once Cousins was once Cousins was pulled, it kind of became a bit of a free for all, um, and they just they just they just ticked along. They hummed along in, in fourth, and they didn't even get into fifth gear. They just hummed along in fourth. Uh, no major injuries coming out of this. I suppose the question is now. And I've seen a lot of talk on this um, about the Lions game. I know it's a bit of a dead rubber, is it? And are they going to play all the players? And I'm going to go, well, they absolutely, I think he absolutely is going to play them because you don't want them to have three weeks off here. You need them to mm. keep them fit. Um, so I have a feeling they'll use it as a bit of a training match, but I have a feeling everyone's going to play. Yeah, here's the debate for me that there are levels wondering how you feel about it, right? Like, I understand. Um, so, look, we all know the obvious trope. He plays his starters. That's the game they get injured in. And all this type mm. of stuff. Now, you'd look at it and go, well, the Lions have nothing to play for. Maybe they won't bring out that aggression. But it's a divisional game, so they might. Yeah. They will. And Dan Campbell as well about, like, oh, you fall down, you rip your kneecaps off. And they're putting a nice little end to their season. So they wouldn't mind capping one more win. Um, we've, we've heard about this as well. This has been said a lot. And they've asked scouts about it and head coaches about it. Is that when you're at the end of the season, like the Lions are, and if they win one more game, it puts them in a different draft position. How do yeah. they feel about it? And they said that never... And they, you know, this is from retired coaches and retired scouts. So it's not a guy who has a sort of a, you know, a bone to pick about at all, a dog in the fight. He said, look, a team of players will never go out into a game to lose. And as frustrating as that is for coaches, the coach's job is on the line. The players' jobs are potentially on the line, their performance and everything else. So they never go out of their way to lose. So you'll never find a team tanking for Tua, for instance, or whatever. Mm-hmm. So that's why you'll find that. It wasn't it a couple of years ago or last year I don't know what it was for the last consecutive number of years enemies one of the teams has went out and like in hashtags blown it because they've won their last game or their second last game or they've went on a yeah, little and destroyed game. themselves yeah and yeah, destroyed yeah. themselves in the draft rankings yeah um, and there's a lot to say about that when it comes to Aaron Rodgers and trades and all that kind of stuff that we'll get into a little bit later um, but they never do it so I don't expect the Lions to back off all that much they'll still come out to play so if he plays his starters and they get injured he's the worst guy ever but then you'd imagine if it's not season ending even though this season is ending, um, you know, and they're able to play after rehabbing it for a week. It's still not ideal, but if you get injured and then you can't practice, is that worse than not playing in the game and then being able to practice? And like Aaron Rodgers has been having, what, one practice before he goes in in the Viscera yeah. teams? Now yeah, he's yeah. A Which is fu- ridiculous, right? But he's a future Hall of Famer and he's a different beast. I get that. But I'm sort of thinking, what really is the difference between three weeks off and two weeks off if you get your conditioning right? You know what I mean? Because... They yeah. still have a buy, so they could still come back rusty after one week, which they have done That's true. before. So I just don't know how valuable that is. I think it's more of a mindset thing, right? But I don't expect the, the starters, Daryl, to, especially, I suppose it depends on how the game is going, if it looks like it's light enough contact and all that kind of stuff. But I can't imagine that he plays them the whole game. No, I don't think so. I think, I think that's the key. I think that's the point. I think you give everyone a run. Um, and I, I think it will actually honestly depend on the intensity of this. That's and I think so. they'll they'll stay on for longer um, but he'll pull the he'll pull the vets off. I'd say you know probably after the third quarter. I'd say they all come off either way. But if it gets too intense, or if there's if there's a few niggles out there, and as you say, it's a divisional game, and there will be a few of the lines that would like to get a shoulder in or yeah. you know get an elbow in there somewhere, um, because to show them we're still here, we're not here to entertain you. You know, so they're coming up against their best as well. There, yeah. like I mean, you yeah. know, you literally put Mike Tyson in front of someone and say we don't expect you to beat them. It's like he Mike Tyson's not interested, and then you kind of go, well, how great would that be to to beat them? Yeah. 
And I think that's that's the other thing. You don't want to demotivate yourself either because they don't want to come into this game where we lost to the Lions in our last game of the season. Like, why in the name of God would you go out and voluntarily put yourself in that position? So I think it really depends. I mean, D-back should be back, I'd say, in the postseason by the looks of things. Yeah. So hopefully he's coming back. But I think what'll happen is you'll probably just give them all a run out. Make sure keep the legs turning over. But as you say, at this sort of elite level, I mean, how undercooked can you be with another game off? I mean, they're going to be motivated as hell here to get this done. So, um, and like, to be fair, we know one thing we haven't really spoken about is there much to work on at the minute. We're not talking about special teams, I noticed, the last few weeks because they haven't been that bad anymore. I mean, you see David Mm. Moore, he came in for Amari Rogers, and poor Rogers. Um, you know, people are saying uh, they're already saying, and I'm so sick of this. I know, I know the internet's not the place to read sen- sensical comments sometimes, but people are talking about how Mary Rogers was a wasted pick and he was oh. terrible, and and yeah. I'm sick of all this already. Can you not just hold fire for a little bit, lads? I mean, this is his first season. Relax. We, and it isn't just his fault, by the way. But I have to say that a couple of the guys that did come in that wouldn't say be seen as general starters like Kelly and Moore and all these they actually come in and again as usual like we've been saying ad nauseum this season they've really stepped up. Yeah. So I have a feeling he's got a he's got a good depth of a of players to throw in there against the Lions and I still think we might not get a very coherent game but it should be decent enough alright yeah like I can see it from both angles and what I would always say is uh, much to everybody's derision apparently is that you know they know way way more of what they're doing than we are they've motivations for it the stuff that we don't even know yep. yeah that might come as a shock to people listen to us in the shock. podcast thinking yeah, anybody they do. we, we do get quite a bit of abuse assuming you know trying to assume that the managers and coaches in the front office and all these people who actually do this for a living might know something about it yeah. but then these are probably the same people that sit on the couch on a Sunday watching the football roaring at the ref as if he doesn't know yeah. what he's talking about but there we go yep yeah, the same. Um, so yeah, look, he, they obviously know what they're doing and have a reason for it. But look, an awful lot of the ice thawing around Green Bay to say it's the coldest oh, ever. But uh, nice. I see the way nice. I brought it in. It's you know, just oh, so poetical. It's very so poetical. Ernst Hemingway. Uh, oh, it really is the bell tolls kind of stuff. Um, so look, there's a bit of a thawing there in Aaron Rodgers' perceived attitude towards the front office by name dropping mm. Gutekunst by saying how well he's done by bringing people in. The thing is. You can earn someone's respect most of the time, I find, or probably the only way that you can do it in earnest is to show them what you can do. So you can talk a big golf game mm-hmm. or you can talk a big, I'm a great manager. But if you have a really crappy team, it doesn't matter because you're not proven. You know, you kind of have to go out there and show the troops. And Gudekun seems to have done that now. I think he's looked out in an awful lot of ways. I mean, you wouldn't expect yeah. Rasul Douglas to be as good as he was. Devondre no. Campbell to step up the way we'll he did. take it. Dennis we'll Kelly to come it. in. Josh Nishman, you can kind of go, okay, they kept him around. I didn't know why, but now it's apparent. Yeah. But still, he's sort of hit the ground running. AJ Dillon's been, uh, you know, knocking that out oh, of the park. Phenomenal. You know, so like, yes, he meant it to go well, but, you know, the, just by the sheer, everything, I, I keep saying it about this season, this whole story is bananas to me. So there seems to be a thawing, Daryl, with I don't know whether it's just in the media, but it has been what kind of Aaron Rodgers has said as well. And it made me think a little bit, right? Uh, God God forbid, you know, uh, bad, bad news. Is that, um, you know, we got in this situation with Jordan Love and Aaron Rodgers and him potentially leaving and all this type of stuff. You know, there's a couple of different factors. Obviously, money is a massive factor here in the sense that, you know, we have Rasul Douglas and Devondre Campbell and Josh Nishman and all these players who are not costing anything because we can't yep. afford to pay big names and we never have really around Green Bay and that doesn't get any better. And the fact that Aaron Rodgers is going to put on another MVP. Now, I see talk of, and they always link Rodgers with Tay and they sort of go, well, if Devontae leaves, how would Rodgers feel? If Rodgers leaves, Devontae's definitely not sticking around. Now, we likely can't afford Devontae anyway, but now it's come out that the Packers plan on franchise tagging him, which would keep him around. So then there's talk of if you extend Rodgers, 
and all this type of stuff, you know, you could work the cap in some way. Now, I don't want to get into the really boring Anorak talk of like, oh, well, if you carry the five about salary cap, I'm, let's not go yeah. there. But, you know, because it's like what all of, I think um, Andrew Brand says it. He says like the salary cap exists until you don't want it to. So like you can yeah, exactly. always keep yeah, pushing yeah. stuff down the line. Now, if you've got a Super Bowl winning team, which is what we could do this year. Well, then oh. and Aaron Rodgers, I mean, you keep him at all costs, you know, and we've yep. said that all along. But look, yep. the, the crux of it is, is we got to the situation because of a number of different factors. One of those was Rodgers' attitude. Um, his play was looking like it was dipping. He wasn't interested. He was banging the ball into the stands. All of the stuff we've talked about before. But it made me think, Daryl, and I wonder if this realization hit Aaron Rodgers. I remember when I moved away to college, and, you know, if you're a couple of mates, they go to college and then you've got a couple of mates that just stay around the town or whatever. And you kind of fall out of contact with these people. And I remember feeling guilty for years, like, oh, you know, I probably should have texted the lads a bit more from home and all this type of stuff. And then mm -hmm. it only hit me then. I was like, hold on, they could have texted me more too. And it, it was only that it sort of hit me like, oh, this is a two-way street. And I it's was a two-way street, yeah, yeah. I was carrying yeah. all the guilt with that. I wonder, Daryl, has it sort of dawned on Rogers that, you know, while he was throwing his toys out of the pram and you know, putting head coaches to task in the media and getting them effectively fired and stuff like that. Now, again, you could warrant that, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, if his attitude was so stinky, and it must have been, uh, that caused Gudekunst to go in the direction that he did go in, um, and all of this bad blood and bad publicity is out there, I wonder, Daryl, has it sort of clicked with him that he was like, I've been demanding to have a place at the table with Gudekunst. I want to make the decisions in Green Bay. I should be getting more respect. And has he realized now that and I'm not saying he is, but that there must be something in him that was at fault. To Because look, mm. if if you're a great guy and then, you know, you, not all the time, but your girlfriend decides, you know, she starts getting sicky in some way, you kind of have to think of like, all right, you know, she could be a terrible person, but also you could also be contributing to this. And, yeah. you know, it well, it is a two-way street. I think you're yeah. right. I mean, respect is, respect is most certainly, and especially in the sport world, in this elite level, respect is definitely, I mean, you hear about it all the time. These, you know, a leader is a person who leads out in the field and all mm. these things. And he had all that on the field, but maybe he was somewhere lacking in the business aspect of things that he did. He, maybe he forgot that you can't throw your weight around in the front office in the same way as you throw your weight around on the pitch. It doesn't translate specific, particularly well. And I think that's very true of most good managers. Okay, maybe not old school managers like Ferguson who, who did throw the weight around in the dressing room as well. But there's a different way to man manage and a different way to do it. And I think what you'll find coming out of this is, is hopefully... Gudekunst has proven himself to be a better man manager than Rogers is in the sense of mm. he sees himself as a brand he sees himself well I'm Aaron Rogers I deserve a seat at the table and Gudekunst is maybe in very gently is explaining to him this is not how this works up here you sit at the boardroom this is it works differently it's different politics you can't throw yourself around in the boardroom the same way you throw yourself around on the field but respect is definitely a two-way street and I, I do think that maybe both of them have had a meeting of minds here in that Rogers is kind of thinking well what do you know you're just a suit uh, you know what have mm. you done and I think it's, he's proven himself, to be fair to Goody, he's probably proven himself as well and said, well, Rogers, yeah. I know you do all that on the field, but this is what I do and I do it well. And I think he's proven the point so far. So, but I think you're right. This has all the ingredients of a fairy tale season. What we really, really, really need to do now is get the job done. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we need to get the job done. It's just, it's so fascinating to me that obviously whatever the hell has gone on behind the scenes. Now, maybe this is just like I was saying a couple of weeks ago, Goody's getting what he wants, which is... Look, it's all going to come to a head. Rogers has given them the ultimatum, allegedly, that he wants to pick his place and be traded or, you know, pawned off mm. at the end of the season. So Rogers is holding up his end of the bargain, which is to perform at an MVP out of this world level. Oh, Gudekunst yeah. is yeah. doing his by 
supplying yeah, players, giving them the support, yeah. them the support yeah. and, and everybody saying, right, look, it's one last go down the slopes here, so let's just do it all together. Maybe that's the case. Because they say that when someone's leaving a job anyway, that they're the happiest ever. Because, like, it's always, you know, yeah. did you ever do that? Did you ever hand in your notice and then the last month or two you have to work in? You're like, this place isn't as bad as I You know, and then, of course, because your yeah, attitude yeah. to it is different. Now, maybe that's the case. I don't know. But the whole prospect of franchising tagging Devonte and you'd wonder what they can what Russ Ball can cook up with with Aaron mm -hmm. Rodgers but we will state again because it seems to be lost on some people um, is that anybody you go to after Aaron Rodgers obviously is a downgrade and that's not crapping mm -hmm. on love or any of that type of stuff nope. now Aaron Rodgers to us has said some pretty hairy stuff over the past while but not for an instant would we not want him to play for the Green Bay Packers God, no. and look no. We don't even disagree with him. I well, I, I can speak for myself here, but I don't disagree with him all that much that I'd be like, oh, he's a trash person and all this type of stuff. It's just, look, he has his opinions on stuff. I don't agree with it. It's like anybody else, but people absolutely lose the rag. And that whole thing about the, the Bears reporter saying that he wasn't going to vote for him um, yeah, because like, of all of that fair stuff. Fair enough, mate. It's like, like that's your, that's your opinion nuts. too. Like, And yeah, people are going nuts. nuts on him. And I'm kind of like... Yeah. Well, what I don't like, what I don't like in general, and we're getting off topic here slightly, but I think the point is a lot of people get outraged when everybody that they like doesn't have exactly the same opinions yeah. as they have. And it's just very, and it's online and it's the way things have gone and people have, and social media and people are surrounding themselves with all the stuff that they think. They never surround themselves with the stuff they don't think because algorithms or whatever are only sending them the stuff their way that they know they agree with. But life's not like that. Everybody's different. So, mm. I mean, the point is you don't have to agree. And in fact, it makes a more interesting conversation than just saying yes to every time someone says something. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it makes yeah. it far more interesting when you don't. Yeah. And that's ex that's exactly it. I, mean, I agree with you there, Alder. I agree. Yeah. Thanks. No. Thanks. Yeah, that's great. Podcast over. Like, if we permanently agreed with each other, we wouldn't be talking. Yeah. By the way. I've, yeah. Do you know what, Daryl? I agree with you on that. Thanks. I agree with Thanks, you. Thanks, mate. Um, yeah, look, it, it is what it is. Because there's other people out there that are just hate him. Like I was saying the, the yeah, other day, fine. they were like, oh, why would you know I listen what? to an anti-vaxxer and an anti-Trump or an anti-this and an anti-that? Look, you know, do whatever you want. I just wonder, yeah. though, you know, all those people at the start of the season who were like, because of the off-season drama, and then even before with the whole, like, you know, uh, Black Lives Matter movement, they're like, I'm never watching this team again. I wonder how many of those are still sitting at home, Daryl, of a Sunday. Watching yeah. them. Are the they watching them right. like between? Are they watching them like you know with their between their hands or something? You know, and every time he comes on, they turn away. Uh, and then, uh, yeah. Which to be fair, you wouldn't have seen much of the game last week if you turned away every time Rogers had the ball. The case was <laughs> most of it. <laughs> oh yeah, but uh, uh, no, it was delicious. It was delicious. And yeah. I mean, now coming up to quick snaps this week, I don't think we can even say much more until we see the team sheet. Yeah. Because this is an this is a bit of a dead rubber in the sense of yes, the, the result doesn't matter, but how they get this and how they play and how they go about it and hoping, of course, that they don't get any injuries. But how delicious! How delicious! Delicious to be 14 and 3 with a game left, secure the bye, get number one seed. I mean, again, I'd have ripped your shirt off mm. uh, at the beginning of the. Can you say that? Is that even a thing? Anyway, but yeah, so I mean, what a position to be in. If we, at the beginning of the season, would you have taken this? Yes, you would have, both hands. Yeah. But because, especially because of the whole 17 game season and yeah. the coveted. Uh, by and the beginning of it the beginning of it yeah manky Incredible. like we were sitting there like going with head in our hands going what we were, they're talking all the talk on the state of us whereas now fighting fit in fine fettle in fine fettle and um, yeah the performance as we said as at home is undefeated so it even Delicious. it sort of uh, lends itself to some nom 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 but that was the most relaxed game ever but look I, we yeah. can probably park it there uh, the Patreon yes. draw is coming uh, soon so again am I in it I'd never am ram it down it? anyone's throat am I in it? if you want am I in no it? you're not am I no never uh, I'd never ram it down anyone's throat I always mention at the end when most people don't well. listen um, you know so look 
it's up to you. If you want to join Patreon, by all means do. If uh, you get free merch and you're guaranteed a signed item uh, after... It's a bit a elitist. Time. I do find it a bit elitist that I can't join. Well, I could join Patreon, couldn't I? But I just yeah. can't enter the draws. Is that it? Oh, so I just... Yeah. All right, fair enough. So I just give you money then. I suppose Same you, as always. You probably could though, because the, the draws are randomized. So like, and they're they're like done live to be randomized. So yeah, if you wanna, I could put in. my name in. Is like put in as a pseudonym, like Pete Postlethwaite or something. Yeah, good name. Billy Billy Twelve Trees. But we already have Pete Postlethwaite. Twelve Trees is actually a rugby player's name, isn't it? Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah Billy. He's, well, I suppose I should find my own silly name, but um. You silly Billy. So from yeah. at the Diddy NFL and at Daryl J O'Brien on uh, Twitter and of course follow the group's accounts on at UK Packers it's uh, goodbye for what a day two days see you